What's up, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Faction Powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's your man, GB, and listen, whew, there's a lot to talk about as we're now in the month of May. Well, we're in the month of May last week, technically, but, you know, we're full in. All in is, well, it's not all in. It's double or nothing and all elite and WWE, and yeah, it's wrestling. We're going to talk about it. I'm not by myself, of course. I've got my good brothers with me. The gang is back together. Courtney Beard, what's up, brother? Salute, my people. We are all the way up, and you know what it is. It's another Wednesday. It's a hump day, (laughs) and the boys are back. (laughs) You better believe it. The boys are back. The gang is back. That means Brandon Clack, the Clack Attack, is back. What's up, Clack? You know, I'm just excited to finally be doing the show from my house. I'm actually at home base for once. (laughs) This is great. I'm home two weeks. I can't believe it. Holy cow. For like for like three weeks, you literally did the show from parts unknown. Literally. (laughs) Like like you had the Wi-Fi of parts unknown. Yo, it was crazy, man. At one point, you did the show. You sounded like you were in the coffin of Big Show's mom. Wow. With a big boss man drug away. Wow. Another time, you did it from a boiler room. (laughs) I mean, you. (laughs) That's hilarious. So so humor us. Where in the world have you been in these last few weeks? Because I know you've been like everywhere. Wow. Uh, Let's see. The last... In the last two weeks, I've been to Chicago, New York, Las Vegas, Nashville, uh, Huntsville, mm-hmm. Alabama. Yeah, I think that's it. Those those places. All wrestling it's, cities. It's been a lot. All wrestling. All, all wrestling cities. Yes, yes, yes. Some major, and then some were deep in NWA territory. So, I got you. Well, I got out of there quick. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. When I when I got to New York, uh, Vince was he just he gave me a warm welcome. Okay, he asked okay. me if I needed anything. Yeah, and uh, so it was it was good to be there. I told him sorry, I got to go see Bishop Jakes. Yeah, he's signing books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's safe. That's a safe move. How's the week been for you guys? Uh, the week's been good for me. Uh, you know. I think things are going well. Last week, I was in Dothan, yes. Alabama. You've been traveling, too. Holy cow. Listen, Dothan, the home of Continental Championship Wrestling, which went defunct in 1990. Defunct is not akin to the funks. Uh, and it done. went belly up, and, you know, that was a good area. But, GB, you told me there is nothing between Atlanta and Dothan. And, my God, there is nothing like, between Atlanta and Dothan. Nothing but trees and grass. And that there is, is there's this one strip as you get close to Dothan that's is cotton it you, you, you foila, you you fooler. Man, listen. It, you follow it, something. It, come oh, oh, you fooler. Yeah, you fooler. That's fine. Come fala. Yeah. No, it's a real place Eufula. called Eufula and um, you know. Yeah, and that's how I felt driving through there. You fooler crap. <laughs> you fooler. <laughs> Yeah. I saw so many Confederate flags. Yeah. I thought the Freebirds were back. Like for real. Between you that- should have taken John Murray with you. Wow. And the- oh, John Murray. John Murray would have would have got locked up because he'd have been taking pictures. <laughs> yeah, he would have. And then they were like, "Wait a minute, how- guys, how do we feel about John Murray's new haircut?" You know what? I mean, like, <laughs> you don't like nope. it. I- 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 
John, I'm with you. I love it. Nope. Mm-mm. Not gonna get me. No. No. You know, I don't know, guys. Wow. I don't know about this one, John Mary. Wow. You're brave. Like, are you really gonna go after John's hair? I think it looks. Cool. Wait, wait, wait! Don't do that. Don't put words. I'm not going after John Murray's hair. I'm just, I'm uh... just saying that he cut his hair for the first time in years, and I don't know about it. Wow! You better learn quick. <laughs> That's what I know. <laughs> Listen, you better figure it out now. Listen, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I'm more excited about all of the exposure that he's been getting as of late. You know, he's been, been getting a lot of everywhere exposure. from CNN to the Wendy Williams show. John Murray is doing incredible things. So make sure you guys are following him on social media at John Murray. That's J-A-W-N-E-T-T. Sorry. John Murray. My bad. <laughs> I felt like Jeff Jarrett jumped on me. Hey, listen, if you guys missed last week's show, we had a fun one. Our good brother uh, James White was here. We talked about the Crockett Cup. We talked about Impact Wrestling's um, latest venture which is a really, really good pay-per-view. And we talked about Monday Night Raw, which had experienced its lowest ratings uh, in the modern era outside of Christmas and New Year. So it was a great, great show. Go back, check it out. Uh, It's available, of course, wherever you get your podcasts and, of course, here at BonderfiedRadio.com. Well, we've got a brand new week, lots of things to talk about. Courtney, let's talk about what's up for this week. Welcome to episode 164 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We'll definitely kick things off with AEW. It invades an indie promotion. Also, Mark Henry, former guest of this show, had a little bit to say about Leo Rush. Rhino turned down some money. We have to discuss Raw. We're definitely going to discuss SmackDown. But before we do, I came to collect Leo Rush's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's radio the way it's supposed to be. You know it's the Mac Militant Coming to get it on <laughs> Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Dawn And you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio And that's real talk, players Holla, holla, holla
sleeping on him Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to I Came to Collect. That's Leo Rush's theme music by CFO. GB, you know what to do. Well, you know what? Speaking of Leo Rush, you know, we spent some time talking about him last week because he's undergone quite a bit of controversy. If you'll notice, he's not been on WWE television in now about three weeks. And uh, there had been all sorts of rumors and conjecture going on about what on earth happened with Leo Rush. Uh, Leo Rush, uh, it's been rumored everything from he's been difficult to get along with backstage to he's gotten into an altercation with Finn Balor. There's been talk about his uh, wife being uh, backstage too much or at rehearsals too much. There's even talk that he was offered a... A pretty healthy salary and turned it down because he said it wasn't enough he believes he should be a main eventer on monday night raw etc etc he then went on social media and pretty much tried to refute everything even involved himself in an interview with fightful uh the fo- the folks who initially put out 
these rumors. Um, but then, Mark Henry, who is a friend of the faction here, has a great, great show on Sirius XM called Busted Open, which, by the way, uh, he did a phenomenal job, uh, Good Friday, with a show where he listed the what he believed to be the top 10 African-American wrestlers of all time. One of the most brilliant shows I've ever heard. So shout out to our good friend Mark Henry. But Mark Henry, on his show, Busted Open, had some things to say about Leo Rush. And in talking about Leo Rush, he's felt like, well, let me just say what Mark Henry said. Um, Mark Henry had nothing but contempt for Leo Rush and said that the rookie even lied to him about a few issues. Here's what Mark Henry had to say. He said, the reason that I'm angry is because I pull him aside and I told him, hey, man, I'm hearing stuff in the locker room. What's up? And he said, Leo Rush responded, oh, no, there's nothing wrong. Uh, Mark Henry says that's a blatant lie to my face. I was trying to help him. I was trying to let him know that if you have a question to ask, now's the time because you're very likely not going to run into anyone that knows the system like I know the system. And he didn't do that. He lied to my face. And if you're walking around, because here was one of the big issues that uh, he had. One of the issues that Leo Rush said was that it doesn't make any sense that I'm working for the, the world's largest wrestling company and I have no money to pay for my hotel. And so Mark Henry responds and says, if, if you're walking around and you can't pay for a rental car and you can't pay for a hotel with the money you make every week, then you need to change the way you're spending. You can't blame that on the office. If you spent everything you made before you got it, that's your problem. He continued by saying, what Leo is doing is nothing different than what I did. He's getting off very easy because in my day, they would have said, hey, Leo, Bobby should never drive. You should take his bags to the car. When he comes back from his match, you should have a bottle of water waiting for him when he comes through the curtain. Uh, he had a lot to say also because, you know, Leo Rush said, I don't have to carry anybody's bags, so on and so forth. Mark Henry said, hey, listen, The Rock did it. Stone Cold did it. You mean to tell me you're better than The Rock? So, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on all this stuff going on with Leo Rush? Uh, we have, interestingly enough, not seen him on WWE TV since. Uh, all of a sudden, as I mentioned last week, Bobby Lashley has his own voice. Lashley is moving on in other uh, storylines and the like, and there is absolutely no mention of Leo Rush. What do you think is happening here? Uh, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm very... And the fact that when Des Bryant refused to carry the veterans' pads of the Dallas Cowboys, I thought Des Bryant would have a short career. He didn't have a short career, but where is he now? He's nowhere. I'm old school in believing that there are certain silent rules to every sport that you love, and you need to honor those rules. I'm old school in the fact that I believe in this, even in the church area in which we work in, is that if there's a pastor there and I can serve him, I can carry his stuff and I can sow a seed as we call it, but also pay honor and do it like that, then guess what? I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna serve my heart out. I think that Leo Rush, because I used to watch his lives, getting big screen televisions delivered, having nice things. I'm not saying there's a problem with that, but I listened to the podcast from Jimmy Cornette and all those guys. They stayed in flea bag motels so they could save money, so they could take their money and invest it other places. And if Leo Rush is riding with Bobby Lashley, there's no reason why Leo Rush should not be driving. Mm -hmm. 
I had a guy drive me not too long ago to Dallas for an event and back, and he's younger than me and newer to what we're doing. Why? Because there's something vital that he got from that ride that he wouldn't have gotten any time, any other place. So I'm very old school. Leo Rush, you've done this to yourself. If you're flying first class and you see guys who are making more money flying coach, who do you think you are? Get your, I mean, at least get in business. You want a little bit of space? Pay the $40 and go to business. But don't pay the $300, $400 and go to first class. This is your own fault. Clack, I know you got something on this. Uh, I think that there is an epidemic going around and it's called talented and entitled. And at some point, the, the two are a combustible uh, elements that are going to blow up in your face. Uh, Leo Russ is talented to a degree, but in the long history of greats that have entertained the masses since the WWE has been alive, this kid doesn't even compare to the quality of talent that the WWE has seen, number one. Number two, they should just fire him. I don't, but I'm going to tell you why they're not going to or wherever he is. It's just, it's just dangerous territory. Uh, right now, uh, because Leo Rush is one of the few African-Americans that can present quality in this particular product, I think they're going to be slow and apprehensive to let someone go. And uh, I think this is one of the few times where they need to abandon ship and let Leo Rush go wherever he needs to go, because clearly he does not value this incredible sport. It feels like a Bill Goldberg without any draw. You don't have the type of desire for this sport, but at least Goldberg was a draw. Mm-hmm. Leo Rush, I mean, you are you are. I mean, just a step away from just being the next Enzo. And, wow. and Enzo is, wow. is not memorable. You, you're not even the next Enzo yet. Wow. See, I, I, I heard a podcast where Enzo Amore out of his own mouth said, and you, Enzo is a friend of a friend, so I'm going to tread lightly, but these are his words. Enzo said that he didn't believe in the backstage rules of coming before the court and all that stuff, all that old school stuff. Well, sir... The guys who believed in it are still around. You can say all you want about Triple H, but Triple H paid every due that he was supposed to pay. He didn't get to the top because of who he's married to. As a matter of fact, I believe he had to work that much harder because of who he's married to. And I think that Leo Rush is botching a great opportunity. See, just because you get oohs and ahs from the crowd does not mean that you're a main eventer. It means this. If you go around eating cake every day, then you're going to get cavities. You can't just go around getting sweet tooths. Mm-hmm. Sweet tooth is a quick Why hit. Why frowned upon to pay your dues? Y- you know what? What is wrong with that? Here, here's the deal. I think the deal is we're in a society, and really, it's no different than old school. It's just now that there are larger and uh, louder platforms for people to express this. You know, it, it, even and I, ooh, I don't like doing this, but you get it. It's even biblical. Go back to the proverbial prodigal son, right? His whole deal was he didn't want to wait for his inheritance. He didn't want to wait and go through the process. He wanted it all now. So he got, he left, he got it all, spent it all, and ended up in a horrible, horrible situation. One of the biggest reasons why it's not good 
for a 24-year-old or a 23-year-old to be the main event in a company like WWE is because you don't know how to handle it all. When I was 23, I didn't... Matter of fact, I gave up an incredible opportunity. When I was 23, I was at the ground floor of something that was really, really significant. But because I didn't know how to handle it, I missed out. And it then took me many, many years to come back around to end up in a position of influence in the same said industry. Here's Mm -hmm. the problem. That's an age-old problem where people have incredible talent but no discipline to be able to work that out. Leo Rush, let's be honest. Leo Rush's claim to fame in Ring of Honor was ringing the uh, winning that prospect tournament, which is cool for him, but that didn't mean anything. That doesn't guarantee you a championship. Doesn't make you great in this business. And in the WWE, he's known more for talking than his in-ring stuff, and he only did promos for real for real in WWE. So you're new to the promo game. The one thing that's even got you any attention. You had the opportunity to appear at WrestleMania, sir. Like, why are you complaining? And here's the deal. We all get involved in industries and take jobs, and you have to understand what comes with the territory. You don't get to be the new guy and come in and change everything. That just is not how it goes, no matter the industry. And so I think he's learning a horrible lesson that if he had just sat down as uh, the Bishop Kendrick Lamar once said, sit down, be humble. And I think if he would learn to do that, he could learn a lot and he could gain a lot more favor (laughs) with the people that are in the industry. But right now, here's the deal. If you get fired from WWE or you're sitting home from WWE because you don't know how to behave backstage, AEW is not going to be calling you. Impact no, Wrestling, Cody's you know what I mean? Impact Wrestling doesn't need to call you. Ring of Honor's not gonna bring you back. New Japan won't necessarily want you, dude. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Go somewhere, sit down, be glad that you're not getting fired because at least you're still getting paid to honor your contract and learn how to manage your money. That's the if, issue. If this were two years ago, he'd be fired. Oh, absolutely. But because Vince is willing to pay people to sit at home. Yeah. Yeah. Then we are where we are. Well, and the reason that he's willing to do that is because of a company called AEW, All Elite Wrestling, who's gearing up for their big pay-per-view double or nothing at the end of the month. And we saw something very intriguing happen over the weekend as uh, they continue to be innovative in the way that they are pushing storylines without a television deal. They've used, of course, their YouTube channel and the series Being the Elite to announce a number of things, including Cody's uh, opponent, which would be Goldust, or the former Goldust, his brother Dustin Rhodes. Uh, And then over the weekend, a pop-up appearance by Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho at Southern Honor Wrestling, a local wrestling promotion right in the city of Atlanta. They showed up. It was a huge surprise, an incredible move as they're on the road to this whole double or nothing situation. Uh, And one of the big pieces of news that's coming out of AEW is uh, a reimagination of what was known as the Over the Budget Battle Royal. The Over the Budget Battle Royal first showed up at All In 
And it was a 20-man battle royal or 20-person battle royal as Jordan Grace was involved. Well, this time, they are doing a new thing with it. They've renamed it the Casino Battle Royal. And here's what they're doing. It's starting with five men. Every three minutes, a new wave of five men will enter. And then when you get to the 21st entrant, known as Lucky 21, they will enter last. And this is going to kick off uh, this whole double or nothing scenario. As we're getting closer to double or nothing, what are your thoughts on this whole over-the-budget Battle Royal now being renamed the Casino Battle Royal and what AEW is doing to make double or nothing happen? What are your thoughts, guys? Uh, this gets into a little bit of my raw right here. I'm, 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 uh, I, I, I am both. I'm conflicted. Okay. I am both excited about how creative they they're being. I love the fact that they're using other people's platforms and their own platforms, which without a TV budget, without a TV deal, mm-hmm. so they're building momentum on any platform that is a viable option. On the other end, WWE is sucking at this season. My God, it feels like 1996 all over again, and I'm scared. Hmm. 96. That's an interesting year to choose. Okay. Uh, Clack, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think AEW is doing everything they can uh, to make the kind of impact that is memorable enough to even set up a rivalry. I've actually been rethinking this quite a bit lately. And I don't even think that they have the right to be considered a WCW rivalry yet. Uh, right now, I think they, they need to earn the slot of even being considered in that level of contention. Let me give WCW some respect. Let me put some respect on their name. Even though Kevin Nash did not, as I was listening to a recent podcast, and he said, don't get it twisted. I only went there for the money. What an awful company to go work for. They just set my family up for the rest of their lives. So, but, you know, AEW... So he bit the hand that fed him? He did. Essentially, yes. He's a turncoat. Uh, I think he's a businessman. He's so a Benedict Arnold Schwarzenegger. Good luck, AEW, but you haven't even come to the point where you can be even considered that old beat-down, run-down, old musty boot called jockstrap WCW. <laughs> WCW smells like an old jockstrap with a collection of tiny hairs in it. Wow. Yo, oh, wow. That's I literally just... almost threw up. I couldn't even be offended for almost <laughs> vomiting. GB, like, I tried to WCW... Smells like free bird, free bird underarm hair. Wow. It has not have a fresh coat of deodorant. Wow. WCW so smells like George the shit. Animal Steel under tongue. Oh god. <laughs> let, let me. Let WCW me. smells like sensational Sherry's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let me let me say this. First of all, uh, I don't know that AEW intentionally has set out to be competition um, as in head-to-head competition but I think what happens in this wrestling industry is whenever there first of all you must remember that from 2001 until probably 2009 or so there was really no legitimate competition for WWE competition meaning alternative so if you were a wrestler or wrestling fan, you pretty much had to tune into WWE. Of course, Ring of Honor began in 2002, as did what we now know as Impact, formerly TNA. 
Neither of them had like legit TV deals. When they did have TV deals, it was nothing major that could even remotely compete with WWE. And so I think both the wrestling fan and the wrestler have looked for an alternative somewhere else where they could either apply their craft or where they could watch this product. If you can't watch it, then it really doesn't count for both the wrestler and the wrestling fan. I think in these last three years with the advent of streaming services, um, with New Japan starting their situation, of course, WWE having the WWE Network, Ring of Honor now having Honor Club, now Impact has Impact Plus. Pretty much every wrestling promotion has a way to view not just their history but their current space, providing a necessary alternative for wrestling fans and wrestlers alike. Alternatives equate to competition. Competition means that good things will happen for both wrestlers and wrestling fans. So AEW has managed to do this in a way unlike any other promotion because they only really have one show under their belt and that one show wasn't even under the auspice of AEW. It was just an independent show. So I think they have the opportunity when we start talking about competition, it is natural for this generation to call this competition because if you have any sort of wrestling history, you think back to WCW and WWE in the Monday Night Wars in the 90s. And you think back even further to the WCW or excuse me to the NWA and the AWA and WWF and World Class and all of these other promotions which at the end of the day, the wrestling industry was better for having all these options and not worse. Vince has realized it even though he doesn't want to acknowledge it. And whether you want to call them competition or not, when you as a business person choose not to release talent that doesn't want to be there or that isn't productive for fear of them going somewhere else, that's competition. Listen, as you said earlier, Courtney, two years ago, we would have been reading, uh, you know, uh, WWE sends its, uh, you know, uh, well wishes to so-and-so as they they wish them well in their future endeavors, right? Right. It was the future endeavor show two years ago. We don't get that now. Remember right after WrestleMania, there would always be cuts to the roster? Not so. Nobody's being cut. Think about this. Rhino was offered by his own admission double the amount of money to stay, and he chose not to. Think about the fact that you have uh, Dean Malenko who was left, uh, Road Dog who was left, and then you look at Jim Ross had you know alluded to this on Busted Open Radio that there was a WWE superstar. Boy, does this sound familiar? That was offered an additional half a million dollars to stay. And not go, and he chose to do it, that being Dolph Ziggler. Sounds a whole lot like what happened in 96, 97 when WCW offered an additional half a million dollars to these outsiders to not go over to WWE. You know, so what's scaring me about all this is it is history repeating itself. We just have new people playing different roles. And right now, it seems like WWE is playing the role of WCW, which we'll get into in just a second. Um, And all these other promotions have the opportunity 
to be uh, the new guy, the new kid on the block that everybody's going to. So it's super, super interesting to see. Uh, certainly this card for Double or Nothing is looking quite interesting. For the uh, Casino Battle Royal, you've got participants including uh, Sonny Kiss, Kip Sabian, um, let's see, Ace Romero, Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be a part, MJF, Joey Janela, uh, and Glacier, throwback to WCW, they'll be a part. And the actual card right now has got about six matches on it, which include uh, Hangman Page versus Pac, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers for the AAA uh, World Tag Team Championship, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, Cody versus Dustin, SoCal Uncensored, Versus a great team from OWE. And then the women's match, Dr. Britt Baker versus Kylie Ray versus Nyla Rose. Very interesting card. It's available for pay-per-view. We'll talk some more about that uh, as we get closer to Double or Nothing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a big pay-per-view from New Japan over the weekend. And then we got to get into Raw and SmackDown, this whole wild card situation. We'll find out what you thought about it. And we'll have our crew talk about it as well. But right now, let's go into some music from the guy who you could argue right now may be the shining star and the MVP of WWE. He is the WWE champion. It's Kofi Kingston. His crew is the New Day. Here's their theme song from Jim Johnson. It's called New Day, New Way. It's the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. It's me, DDP, the king of Bada Bing. The master of the diamond cutter. The three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. And that's not a bad thing. That, my friend, is a good thing. Bang! It's a new day. Yes, it is. Turn that 
are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to New Day, New Way. Obviously, that's the New Day's theme music. That's Jim Johnson. GB, do what you do. All right. New Japan Pro Wrestling, before we get into WWE, continues to do what they do, and they do it in a big, big way. They had a big pay-per-view over the weekend, uh, kind of a two-day situation as they were leading us into uh, their pay-per-view called uh, Dantaku which uh, took place this past Saturday. I've got all the results for you coming up right now. Um, One of the big things that happened there, of course, was the world title match, which I'll talk about in just a second with the new champion, uh, Kazuchika Okada. But it starts, of course, with uh, a match with these young bucks, or young bucks, they're really called the uh, the guys from the dojo, uh, Shota Umino and uh, Ren Narita, they, they defeated uh, Yoda Tsuchi and Yuya Yamura. Then we had a big tag match that saw Minoru Suzuki, Tai Chi, Kanemaru, El Desperado, and Takamichi Noku win in a big tig win in a big, big, <laughs> a big Woo! ten man tag. Good lord, that was close. Against, that was really close against Jeff Cobb, Yoshihashi. Tohanari, uh, Taguchi, and Tiger Mask. We saw a tag match that saw Jushin Thunder Liger, Togi Makabe, and Toru Yanu defeat uh, the Gorillas of Destiny and Jado. And remember, Jushin Thunder Liger is on his farewell tour with his career ending at uh, the next Wrestle Kingdom in January. Juice Robinson, Hiroki Goto, Mikey Nichols, and Hanma defeated Jay White, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Hikaleu. Then we had the debuting El Phantasmo team with Taiji Ishimori to defeat Dragon Lee and Will Ospreay. And a six-man tag, Tetsuya Naito, Shingo Tagaki, and Bushi defeated Kota Ibushi, Sho, and Yo. In a huge match, just a brutal match, Tomohiro Ishii defeated Evil, an incredibly physical match. And in the main event, Kazuchika Okada defeated Sonata to retain the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Any thoughts on this card from New Japan as they're leading into a big card in June and the best of the Super Juniors, which are coming up very soon as well. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch this pay-per-view. I will be honest. I've not been checking for New Japan since the mass exodus mm. of, of those who were really killing it. Not to say that the guys there now aren't killing because Okada is no slouch. But, uh, you know, watching the highlights of the match between Okada and Sonata, first off, you have the entrances, which everybody pay attention to. You have, for me, the production, which everybody pays attention to. But it was really just an all-around good match. I mean, I saw some moves inside of this match that I'd never seen before. I'm actually taking a look at it now. And they tell such a fast-paced story. Yes. Fast-paced, but it's still fluid. And I'm really loving Okada being a champion again. Mm -hmm. And Sonata is the man. Yeah, yeah. Any thoughts on that, Clack? Um, other than I'm so glad I'm not paying attention to that. None. Oh Lord, help! Good us luck, off. New Japan. I, I, I mean, s- who who even wrestles there anymore? 
Is Lil Naito still with them? Very much so, as is Kota Ibushi. They oh, have an incredible, hard. incredible rivalry going on right now I, over I, the IWGP. I, I'm kind of with Clack, though. All of the all of the American luster, uh, uh, they, they, the mass action, you know, when a bunch of people leave a place, I just don't go checking for it no more. I don't know why That's so I'm built like that, but I don't know. Well, it, it creates know, you, an interesting conversation. Change the cooks to Piccadilly one time and I'm leaving. Oh, God. But it creates an interesting conversation, though, which makes you wonder, and I know you guys are a bit more casual in terms of your fandom relative to New Japan, but it makes me wonder if for the casual fan if new japan needs additional american wrestlers or yes. can they go with the strength of what they have because i mean think about it they've got will osprey they've got of course the partnership with ring of honor which gives them access to jeff cobb and so many others they've got people listen el Fantasmo. let me just tell you now El Fantasmo is somebody you need to watch. He came from Britain. He's one of the biggest stars out of Britain. And the moves that this guy does, this guy walks a top rope in a way that makes The Undertaker look like an amateur. It's scary to watch what this kid can do. He's agile. He's incredible. He's effective. Um, I think what New Japan is doing is they have gotten over the fact that Kenny Omega is no longer there, that the elite is no longer there. And they, like every other wrestling promotion, has figured out how to move on. And uh, I'll tell you this much, they're much better still than Raw and SmackDown. Speaking of which, it's a great transition to go into this week's Raw recap on the heels of uh, the lowest rated Monday Night Raw in modern history. Whew. How did they respond? Courtney, let us know. Monday Night Raw was live the day after Cinco de Mayo from the Nasty Natty, or as they call it in the 70s, Censor Natty at the U.S. Bank Arena. And things kicked off when the man, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, was interrupted by the big dog, Roman Reigns, saying, this isn't my show, but it's still my yard, to which Daniel Bryan and WWE Champion Kofi Kingston came up, and Vinnie Mac said, I'm going to institute the wild card rule. No one really knows what it means. So, Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley came out, defeated the Universal Champion Seth Rollins and AJ Styles. Braun Strowman threw Sami Zayn into a dumpster. Ricochet defeated Robert Roode to defend his place in the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Lacey Evans defeated Ali Katrina. Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion Becky Lynch brawled with Evans after the match. The Viking Raiders, okay, defeated Raw Tag Team Champion Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Mercy the Buzzard devoured Rambling Rabbit on Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse. Roman Reigns defeated Drew McIntyre. The Usos pranked the revival to waste our time. And WWE Champion Kofi Kingston defeated Daniel Bryan. Guys, how bad did it suck? Now, that is not, I repeat, that is not an impartial way to pitch it to anybody. But Clack, I was forward. done with my journalistic portion. Lord have mercy. Clack, what would you think? It sucked. It sucked. I said Clack, not you. <laughs> In the world. The pair of your hearing is gone, too. Oh, God. Uh, I was disappointed. Uh, you know, I think I came to the realization in Las Vegas, a very painful revelation, that this version of WWE is not for me. 
and they are making it apparent that although they appreciate my consistency and my loyalty, they are moving on without my participation. And I have come to terms and I respect what they feel like they have to do, but they are catering to a softer, mushier, whacker generation. And um, I'm not here for it. And they know it. I'm disappointed, guys. I'm more heartbroken than the two of you. Well, I, I have some stats for you that I think are going to be wildly telling. Um, the Nielsen ratings have come out for this past Monday, hour by hour, etc., etc. So, uh, the first hour of Monday Night Raw had a .8 rating. And it had a viewership of 2.4 million viewers. 2.46 million viewers. Hour number two dropped to 2.24 million viewers. By hour number three, we were barely scraping 2 million viewers. The first hour of Raw came in at number four for all uh, cable shows on Monday night. Being beat out by uh, the Warriors versus the Rockets, round two of the playoffs. The Bucks versus the Celtics, round two of the playoffs. And inside the NBA playoffs, uh, all of which had higher ratings than and higher viewership than the first hour of Monday Night Raw. And here's something to really consider, which is kind of like, whoa. The first hour of Monday Night Raw had the exact same rating, 0.8, as Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Here's my thoughts. You know, when I tell you it feels a whole... You said, uh, Courtney, it felt like 1996. I think it feels like 2000 WCW, where WCW realizes... Holy cow, we've just lost the ratings war for 86 weeks. We're getting pummeled. We have to do something so that people will turn the channel. So what does Vince do? He says, okay, we'll throw caution to the wind. I know just two weeks ago we had the superstar shakeup and we sent our biggest star, Roman Reigns, over to SmackDown. So what do we do? We'll bring Roman over here. We'll bring the WWE champion over here. We'll bring the returning Daniel Bryan over here. Here's the problem. And CBS Sports wrote a tremendous article about this. And one of the things that they said was, you know, here it is. WWE says we haven't done a good job of listening to our viewers. So we're going to listen to them and bring these guys back. But what the viewers actually want is consistency and continuity in your storylines. So WWE, you've completely negated and nullified the superstar shakeup. Why did we even have it when it was supposed to be two days and then it went into another week and now it's gone into another week where now you just say, well, hey, anybody can show up anywhere. Well, why do we even have separate rosters if that's the case? And here's the worst part. When you take your most talented tag teams like the Revival and the Usos and you reduce them to a prank show like this is swerved i didn't like wwe swerved when it aired 
and I don't like it in the place of what's supposed to be pro wrestling action. The Usos are the best tag team the WWE has seen in a decade, hands down. And now you reduce them to playing pranks? On another amazing tag team, The Revival, who is a great throwback to uh, the Brain Busters or to the Four Horsemen, Tully and Arn. What? I, 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 now, I know what I wanted G- to say, but I didn't. GB, G- G- give me that rating again. What did WWE do this past weekend overall? Well, I'll tell you this. It was a .8 for the first hour, a .7 for the second hour, a .6 for the third hour. I, I, I want you to hear this. WCW's last seven shows, 2.45, and that was We against, are in a bad situation. Well, and that was against WWE's four now, and five WWE, and six ratings at that time. They, they, they were giving us some fives. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. ton of fives up here for WWE. But listen to me, we, we we're in a bad situation, guys. Well, and, we are in a bad situation. And here's what makes it even this scarier. this show, the faction, will become a show about culture and life soon. Well, no, 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 no. Let's Courtney, not get it can twisted. I say this? Let's not get. Go ahead. Go ahead, the, Clint. The uh, intended purpose of toilet paper has a target audience of poop. You can't feel bad for the toilet paper when its audience is poop. <laughs> we just had a full toilet paper poop reference here. Wow. Courtney's digging in his nose right now. Oh, gosh. That, I'm actually using that, toilet paper. <laughs> that, that toilet You're a prophet. has snot all in it. WWE's target audience, it's I I don't feel bad for the toilet paper because my hand is not the audience of the poop. WWE has changed their audience, guys. Uh I well, we, we need to just do uh, help, attitude era shows. No help me with no. this. Does Noah love the <laughs> WWE now? Believe it or not, his interest is waning. I can't believe it. Well, I can I asked believe him it yesterday. Do you want to watch? He's like, mm, no, I want to play Mortal Kombat. Here, here's here's the issue. The issue is a lack of continuity, right? It's not, You can't yeah. blame the talent for this. This is this, the, What this is is WWE feels the crunch, and I get it, right? Here's the deal. You have a billion-dollar deal waiting for you in October. A billion dollars with Fox, another billion dollars with USA over five years. And now these guys are looking at the ratings and they're going, well, maybe wrestling isn't as hot as it used to be. You don't just have your current viewership on the line. You got a billion dollars, two billion dollars on the line because there's nothing that says that Fox has to go through with this. Fox can say we see this all the time where shows get greenlit and then they get stopped or they signed a three-year deal but the ratings for the first year weren't good so they cut it and I'm gonna say this this doesn't mean wrestling isn't hot it means WWE isn't hot and I think what's about to happen is when this deal happens with AEW and when people start looking at holy cow this is still very much being consumed 
somebody is going to make some noise about it. Here's the other thing we have to consider, too. We have to consider that people clearly have even more options than they had 20 years ago. So you have to work harder to gather their attention. And the problem with Vince is he is throwing stuff at the wall to see what will stick. And he's not committed to anything. He's not committed to anything. Tell Vince to call us. I could write the snot out that show right now. Well, you know what? And And here's why. Because our allegiance is to a great product, not to people in a boardroom, not to stakeholders and stockholders. It's to the audience, the audience that Vince has taken for granted, the audience that listen will click that sold out, you know, double or nothing. The audience that continues to do all of these incredible things to follow the wrestling product wherever it is. Here's what saddens me about this. WWE cannot be beat when it comes to production. WWE cannot be beat when it comes to product innovation. However, it's at the end of the day, you can, you know, put bells and whistles on it. You can talk about social media feeds. You can do all this other stuff. At the end of the day, as the old folks say, the name on the marquee is wrestling. We didn't come for a comedy show. We didn't come for brawn panties matches. We didn't come for... We came to see what these two guys or two girls can do in the ring. And if you're not going to give us that, we will find an alternative. So WWE, here's what I want to challenge WWE to do. They've not been able to put together two great episodes of Raw back-to-back. I still say the best episode of the year was the episode they did in Atlanta, February the 22nd when uh, Roman Reigns returned and so many other amazing things happened that you went, oh my God, it's it's three hours. It went by already. Now, the there's only one good thing that's happened and I think this is going to put an asterisk on all of it as well. The only good thing that has happened in the last couple of nights has been that Kofi Kingston has been able to start really going down a road that cements himself as a credible and viable WWE champion. I no, said I, I agree with that. I said here last week that code that, that Kofi was going to need some big wins over some big talent so that people stop looking at him as just a happy-go-lucky guy from the new day. And he's done that. He's pulled off some new moves. He beat Daniel Bryan clean last or Monday night. He won that triple threat, which we'll talk about at SmackDown. He's being fed great competition and he's showing I've got what it takes i think that's an incredible thing for kofi kingston my only issue is that it's happening in this incredibly low rated situation and the fact that monday night raw needed the wwe champion and that raw and smackdown both ended with the wwe champion says a whole lot about the power of smackdown and the lack of power found on monday night raw i think we're in a situation gb I really do. I think we're in a situation and the old man needs to retire. I don't care what clock says. Oh, he sure does. Vince McMahon is ruining this thing. Go to XFL. Ruin that. Well, speaking of the XFL, what an amazing segue. The XFL has had its own set of announcements this week, which I think you guys are going to find very, very interesting. So here's the deal with the XFL. They made a big announcement this week 
about a TV deal and about what their schedule is going to look like in uh, the coming year. So their season is going to kick off in uh, 2020, in February of 2020, uh, February the 8th, 2020 to be specific. And they have inked a deal with ABC, ESPN, and Fox for their reboot in 2020. The cities that will host teams include Dallas, Houston, LA, New York, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington, D.C. So this is a pretty significant situation um, where there will be back-to-back games airing on Saturday afternoons um, beginning at 2 p.m. Eastern. ESPN will actually host the championship game on Sunday, April the 26th. And here's something that's super interesting to me. The fact that the XFL will actually be playing games during WrestleMania. Sunday, April the 5th, 2020, they'll have a game on ESPN at 12 p.m. and a game on uh, Fox Sports 1 at 6 p.m. So during uh, WrestleMania, the XFL will be going on. Vince very clearly is looking to do something. Here's my big question to you. Do you think that the advent of the XFL will potentially get Vince McMahon, who is personally funding this league, out of WWE as we know it. Yes, has to. Because after watching the AFL, which we really loved here in San Antonio, fail and go out of business, go defunct, again, not any cousins to the funks, uh, watching it go belly up, he has to make this thing succeed. I, I was uh, with a guy yesterday who told me that the NFL would be closed in 15 years. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm not saying he's true. It was an interesting comment. Vince McMahon will have to pour himself into this if he doesn't want to see three-year lost profits, if he wants to make a return within the next three to four years. He's invested from what I've heard. Uh, his $100 million that he's uh, sold from WWE stock into this whole thing. So we're going to see. Hopefully, he throws it all in there. He cannot just leave it to Oliver Luck to run this thing as a commissioner. He has to put his all into it. Well, I'll tell you what. They are going after some pretty significant people. Uh, Former NFL linebacker and former assistant head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Winston Moss, has been named the coach for the L.A. team. Uh, which is pretty significant. Jonathan Hayes has been named the team or the coach for the XFL St. Louis team. Kevin Gilbride has been named the coach for the XFL New York team. Um, and also uh, the Washington team names Eric Moses as its president. Now there's something interesting here that I think I should mention. Two of the head two of the three head coaches that I just mentioned, are african-american hey on top of that the president of the team in dc eric moses is african-american also uh and i'm sorry the head coach in uh washington dc pep hamilton is also african-american heather brooks Karatz is the president of the xfl team in la uh, Janet Dutch is the XFL te- or is the president of the New York team. So you have a very interesting dynamic in the XFL. You have two female presidents in the XFL of these teams. You have three African American coaches of these teams. Already, it's more diverse than the NFL. Do you think this speaks to the potential future of the XFL? 
Listen, let me say this once and for all. Vince McMahon is not a racist. What? Well, look who's changed their tone. What? I've always said that. You said not? <laughs> yeah, he's not a racist. Oh, my God. Oh, break. boy. Let, let, let me also Give say me this. They are, they are swinging for the fences, okay? In the stadiums that they're going to be playing in, uh, the New York team is going to be playing in MetLife Stadium. Same, oh, wow. home, same home for the Jets, the Giants, and WrestleMania. Stupid. The Tampa Bay team is playing at the Raymond James Stadium, the same home for uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, like, they're not Stupid. playing. They're, St. Louis is playing at the Dome. Seattle's playing at CenturyLink Field. Uh, Dallas is going to be playing at the Globe Life Park. They are not exactly swinging small. They're going big. Stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I don't Why? know. I don't know Why that I call that, that stupid. I don't know that I call that stupid at all. I think because you're not growing to anything. I mean, you really think all those fans are going to show up for your new, uh, your your new uh, federation or uh, well, football league? Four me, games into it. Let me let me say this. I think first of all, certain teams. You know, listen. If if you make the tickets affordable, that's the first thing. Yeah. And you make the action very real. So if we don't have a reboot of the old XFL, right? So if, uh, there's a whole generation who doesn't even remember that one season of the XFL. But as long as we don't have stupid storylines and we actually have compelling football action, I think there's a possibility. Couple that with this, and we don't like to talk about this much, but the XFL actually made serious long-lasting contributions to what we now know as the NFL. Very true. The bulk Very of those true. camera angles that we are seeing a lot of things at now was first done by the XFL. Very so true. I, I would say that we can't count them out. I think Vince made a huge mistake. Now, I will by, by not doing this right the first time, here's what I think he's going to need to do to make the XFL work. He has, and this is going to sound crazy, he has to completely disassociate himself with the WWE. Because right, because right now, what, the, what, what people see when they see Vince McMahon as WWE, he's going to literally have to rebrand himself as an XFL guy who's completely committed to the sport of football. Other than that, they will look at this as they once did, and it'll be an even bigger financial loss. However, by the fact that he's getting legitimate coaches and he's got legitimate presidents to these companies, I think there's potential for this. I really do. Listen, AFL had the same thing. San Antonio had the highest average rating of 30,000 fans, and it went under. But so. San Antonio, but listen, you're talking about a, a market that is not used to teams. All of these markets are markets that currently have NFL teams. Dallas, and that's Houston. the extension of it. That's they already the have an option. No, 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 they no, no. They already no. have an no. option. No, here's the deal, sir. It's going to happen when the NFL is not playing. So it's not like they're going head to head with the NFL this in terms is, of this is this is the equivalent of a TV show 
adding a younger sibling to try to make it refresh. It is not. Don't what go it, to a city that know, already has an option. What it is, Brainiac, is it's a scenario where you have uh, a show that comes on when another show isn't on. So right now, when you got How to Get Away with Murder that's on the off-season, you then replace it with cool shows like, you know, uh, Station 19 and the like. Okay. To keep it. Well, so sure. that's we'll, a, just, we'll just wait around for HBO to do Throne of Games. We're going to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about SmackDown and uh, whatever else we can fit in here because Courtney's absolutely losing his mind. That's okay. It happens. I'm losing my mind because WWE sucks and Vince McMahon needs to get it together. And I don't think he's treating Kofi fair because he's a racist. Root root of all evil. Aleister Black's theme song from CFO. It's the faction powered by Bonnerfied Radio. I got a lot left in the tank. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction.
are the faction. One, two, three. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Hey, welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was Root of All Evil by Alistair Black. His theme song, GB, give us the news. So, while we were during the break, you know, Courtney told me why the XFL wouldn't work because, you know, nobody wants to see the XFL against the NFL. And I explained exactly why it would work because it's happening when the NFL is not on. Courtney, during the break, decides to talk about the big three which is a three-on-three situation happening with NBA players. It's a a league. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a TV show or what have you, but uh, he said it's brilliant. He said it's brilliant and it's going to work, but the premise of it is that it's happening when the NBA isn't on. So why would the three-on-three work in the NBA, but the XFL wouldn't? Oh, Because, GB, it's very simple. No, it's very simple. One, it is not the same thing as the NBA. NBA has five on five with 82 games. This is three on three, like the average schoolyard basketball game. More three on three games are played across America in a playground than five on five. Let me add another caveat. These are guys that we have watched have success in the NBA. They are just a little older, so they can't play 82 games, but they can play 10 games successfully. And we know their names. We know their styles. We've seen their biggest moments. We know their highlight reels. So we're watching them for nostalgia's sake. But you want me to watch Pete Dappenstance play quarterback for an XFL team that I've never heard of and have an emotion towards him, I will not because he never played for a team I already love. Nostalgia's sake. So basically you're saying you want the old guys back, which is the thing you hate about WWE. I'm not saying we want the old That's guys exactly back. exactly what you do. I'm what saying, is nostalgia I'm for? What is, nost- I'm sorry? what is nostalgia for? Nostalgia is for things that were to return. So you want old guys to come back and play in the NBA, and that's great for three on three. No, 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 no. I'm not asking them. You know, that's it is the same thing three, as the, no, it? it is the same thing as Friday of the Masters Golf. Friday, you have the seniors play. You get a chance to watch the older guys go out there and compete and do their thing at a level that they can so do. So let me guess, you want you think that what'll be successful in the NFL offseason is the NFL alumni? You're out of your mind. Hey, I would love You're, to see Terrell Owens still sir, able to play. Sir, sir. I would love to see Terrell is, Owens that play. Is the, you, I would love to see Kurt Warner throw a ball. You hypocrite. You said tell me these, how. You said tell that this was the same issue with WWE. We don't want to see Goldberg back. We don't want to see The Undertaker back. That. You absolutely did. I said you I don't want to see Undertaker. Taker because he cannot perform at the same elite level which we once remembered. And now, you think Terrell Owens can? You're out yes. of your You're out if of your Terrell mind. Owens is you, playing one day you, a year, he's going to ball out. And Taker wrestles one match a year. What? And the last time, Sir, but here's the you, problem. Oh my We've God. seen Taker do one match a year, and it went well. The problem is that you can't keep doing one match a year for 12 years. <laughs> you're, you're out of your mind, sir. Baker is old and decrepit, oh but a Catino Mobley, guys oh who are two Lord, years removed from the NBA, they can still ball. 
Have mercy on our souls. So you Jesus thought you you let your little Christ. friend Clack walk into an open chair shot because you got your <laughs> hopped up on that juice over there and you got the hot punch dealt with. Let me tell you something. I am perfectly now, good. Clack, and now you the one who oh, ought to wait, be apologizing. Wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, back up. Because I'm going to tell you something. You talk about folks who you know should be involved. Blah, blah. You've got some major folks serving as advisors for the XFL. Remember a guy oh, called advisor. Doug Flutie. Advisor. You remember a guy you called Jim Caldwell. I want them to get out there and suit up and hit somebody. You really don't want Doug Flutie playing. That's your problem, sir. You don't understand. Doug Flutie. Do, do you not realize that influence from behind and off the field is often greater than the influence on the field? Because it's the influence is, off the field. It had AFL. It had Bill Polian, it doesn't get better than a mine in, in the NFL. Bill Polian is one of the top executives. He won the award three or four times. He was one of the, oh, the minds behind the AFL. They failed. Let you want to talk about the mind of somebody? So you think because you the AFL failed that the XFL will fail? XFL has already failed. It is uh, not. Uh, what are you talking about? They failed 20 you, I, years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. So that means someone who didn't make success before does not have a chance to be successful again. So you can't come back, huh? I'm just saying. You can't failed. tell anybody that people can't come back. We're all pictures I'm of a great just, comeback. I'm all for a comeback story. I'm all for a comeback story. But you better come back when it hit because you already failed. I'm going to say well, it again. let me just you say this. Already the XFL has proven to be wildly successful because they are far more diverse than the NFL. The whole thing the NFL's been fighting Diver for for diversity years. Diversity doesn't mean accent. Diversity what? means you care. You Caring doesn't translate in the rating. Okay, you know what? Let me let me go to the SmackDown Live thing because I, 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 SmackDown Live <laughs> took place last night at the KFC Yum Center. Sounds like a place Courtney's visited quite a few times. In Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> and so it kicked off. With this wild card rule making its way to SmackDown, setting up an unexpected WWE Championship match that would feature Raw superstar Sami Zayn, who, by the way, hasn't wrestled in nine months, along with AJ Styles taking on Kofi Kingston. We'll talk about that in a second. Ali versus Andrade took place, but it was interrupted out of nowhere by RKOs for everyone. You get an RKO, and you get an RKO, and you get an RKO. Randy Orton felt like another O, Oprah, but eh, yeah, far less money. Oh. Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeated the Usos to become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And then Shane McMahon had an announcement about Money in the Bank, but it was interrupted by The Miz, who got into another wild brawl that just goes from show to show to show. Then Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville defeated Carmella and Ember Moon in the battle of the SmackDown Money in the Bank female participants. And pay-per-view, oh, I'm sorry, SmackDown, yeah, felt like pay-per-view. SmackDown ends with the WWE champion Kofi Kingston with another successful title defense, this time defeating Sami Zayn and AJ Styles in a triple threat match. Gentlemen, your thoughts on SmackDown. Clack, let's start with you since we've heard enough hot air already. Smackdown was uh, not as disappointing as Monday Night Raw. I actually thought Kofi and Sami Zayn and AJ Styles, I actually thought they did very well, minus that awkward interview at the end. Right. Uh, when Kofi was clearly out of breath, and then that weird 
send it was just awkward though, just yeah. the whole way around yeah so but yeah uh, other than that smackdown was lackluster the main event was good but uh i, I just i, I just want to know how you two are doing after your main events i mean that you I, never mind let's just stick to smackdown never mind never mind well first off you 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 you, you set your boy up and sat over there quiet oh, as he Lord. took a thumping uh, i did not uh, take a see here was as knocked Thank out you. as xavier woods was on the side i of the road. did not take a thumping oh, at he, all he really did not the truth is you you are committed to your point and uh and because we love a good fight you'll go down to the end but you shot no, yourself the, in the, 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 so. the truth mm-hmm. is, is that I made a about the value is the that the big three league has names we recognize. I don't have to get to know anybody. Oh, so I'm already so emotionally. So tell, so tell me who is Ryan Gomes. Who's Ryan I, Gomes? I don't know who Ryan Gomes uh-huh. is, but I know you know Mobley is. But, but, I know who Jason Richardson is. I know who Chris Anderson is. I know who Gary Payton is, Dr. J. So so then are you no longer open to the idea of new and fresh? I'm I'm open to new and fresh. You're not open to but, new and fresh. But when you're coming into something that is similar to what we already know, there either has to be a splash or there has to be a cosine. Well, let's see. You have Doug Flutie, former Heisman Trophy Please winner. Please stop saying Doug Flutie. You, no, I will not I saying mean, that. I you mean, have Doug you Flutie. have the former the last assistant. Thing Doug Flutie is known for his Boston You college. have the former Wait, assistant. Courtney, you have to be joking. You have the former assistant head coach of the Green Bay Packers serving as the coach of your LA franchise. You have three African American coaches who weren't just picked because they were black; they were picked because they were qualified. This, this you is basically like telling me T.D. Jakes' assistant's daughter's baby cousin, niece's janitor's mama's preaching. You know something? You have conflicted yourself so much. You talked about how you don't Corny, like anything. That's the same principle for these guys in the big three. Hello, it's not. It these is. guys are names. They are names names? who are getting on the court and performing and entertaining the people. I'm trying to do my best not to get involved in this basketball talk. But if we need to completely rehash Katino Mobley's career (laughs) as if he were a name, sir. Wait a minute. Katino Mobley's not the biggest name on this thing, first of all. Oh, my God. And this is why, Courtney. Do we need to to talk about Jermaine O'Neal, who quite possibly – could be one of the biggest busts in NBA history. He's known for fighting a fan. <laughs> I bet the fan won't try him no more. I did my best. I, did my best. I didn't want to get in here. Amari Stoudemire? I didn't want to throw you off. Amari Stoudemire? Smack you with the bell. I didn't want to have uh, to you. Amari Stoudemire? He was no creep puff. Do I need to read Nate Robinson? As well? Jason Richardson? Courtney, listen to yourself. Courtney, you're talking about them like they were LeBron James and Michael Jordan. You are embarrassing yourself (laughs) by saying Nate Robinson, who's known for missing the most dunks in a dunk contest history. (laughs) Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Oh, my goodness, Courtney. Richard Lewis, big-time three-point shooter. (laughs) Uh, Are you serious? Quentin Richardson. Oh, my gosh. Known for what? You're just saying names now. Right. you have no... You remind me of that preacher that knows cliches but can't remember what what context of scripture. You just name it stuff. <laughs> you you do understand that Jason Terry is playing, right? You have got to. You be do crazy. understand that Gilbert Arenas. Now Why? tell me, Gilbert Arenas, <laughs> Agent Zero, was a slouch. Do you, you want to know what Gilbert? What, what, was Gilbert Arenas a slouch? Oh, be God. honest. 
tell you what he, I'll tell you what he was remembered for if we're talking about the totality and the body of work of their career. He was remembered for bringing a gun to an arena. <laughs> but he was no stop. was a top five player for years. Lamar Odom. <laughs> The same Do I need to go down Lamar Odom? The same story, Lamar Curry. Odom that had you, to you be are, rescued. <laughs> you are you are just shooting yourself in the foot. Steve and I love you. Blake. <laughs> oh. Steve don't Blake. don't trip Steve Blake play for the Lakers. <laughs> Do you know what era he played for the Lakers? When it was worse than it is right now. That's when he played Steve for the Lakers. Steve Blake balling out. Man, we got some names over here. <laughs> wow. You're, you're gonna love the XFL, Courtney. You're gonna yeah. love it. Yeah. Basically, Stephen J. Yeah. You trying to tell me Stephen Jackson couldn't ball? Chauncey Billups. Stephen Jackson. Oh God. Chauncey Billups. Kenyon Martin. Oh God. Out of all of these, Joe Johnson found a Hall of Famer. Joe Johnson. Do we need to talk about Joe Johnson's career when 90% of the analysts in NBA history have said that Joe Johnson's work ethic was worse than yours in the gym after you had a donut? (laughs) Joe Johnson was a baller, fam. Oh, my father. Uh so let me uh, what, let me just help you with telling all of our viewers is he can't wait for the XFL. That's what Anyhow, he's and we're again gonna disprove <laughs> and debunk. Here's Courtney's point debunked again. So he said, "No, it's not debunked. He said, you guys just want to argue. You guys just don't want to take a loss. I'm telling you now, XFL. You keep talking about the people, the minds they have. Courtney, well, guess what." WWE has minds and they suck. They have the mind of Vince and the mind of Triple H and they sucketh. Courtney said that they're trying to be just like the XFL and he said, excuse me, the NFL, and he said that three on three isn't trying to be like the NBA. They have shorter schedules, etc., etc. Well, I'll have you know, sir, that the XFL has, uh, excuse me, the NFL has a 16 to 18 week regular season followed by a very long a month long playoff season and then the super bowl yeah you're yawning because you make me tired too so here's the deal the xfl has only a 10 week regular season sir the playoffs nobody are, wants to the watch playoffs that longer are than one the weekend and then the championship follows The point is they're not trying to rival the NFL in terms of length of time, and they're doing something super smart. They're starting the weekend after the Super Bowl. So here's the perfect thing. Those folks who go into that football hangover because, you know what? Oh, man, the Super Bowl's over. Now I got to wait three months until the NFL draft. No, this is so smart because it happens during the entire offseason of the NFL, and by the time that it ends, you get the NFL draft picking up. It is a smart and brilliant move for football fans who, quite frankly, if Vince will throw himself into it, it'll be super successful, which will leave room for the WWE. And do not think it strange that both the WWE and the XFL will both end up on Fox. Not a strange move at all. I think it's a brilliant move. Courtney's lost again. Now, relative to I've lost Smack, again. You cannot announce that relative I've lost. to the Smack, viewers have to say if I've lost. They have. They're because already you, saying you, it in the you, chat room. The, the, the your viewers blind have said self. nothing. They have already the said it in the chat nothing. room. So here's the deal. Clack, Clack yell some, some some some. You guys are morons. You know what? You're the sad part. Well, 
I suppose that someone somewhere is uh, uh, impressed by your level of loyalty that you'll go down with the ship even though the ship is wildly wrong with all sorts of the holes. The ship in isn't it. wrong. Oh. Clack was yelling oh some God. some some steps at me and a hill of beans. And this is why no, you were so loyal to WCW. You ran up against the wrong one. Yeah, you the wrong one. You're trying to you're trying to treat Jason Richardson like he was a slut. You're treating him like he's Greg Oden. The, the next time I see you, clearly I need to have a basketball lesson with you like oh, I do with my son. Boy. Because you have no clue who these guys You probably think Greg Oden is the greatest center next to Bill Russell. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Clyde. You ain't seen me on a basketball court. You think you're going to come and over I here trying to dunk will. on me? I never will. Right. Fam, you saw what Allen Iverson did to Michael Jordan, didn't you? Oh. I'm from the 757. There's something in the water. Yeah, yeah, you are from the seven five seven. There I is some, there is something in the water that you drank, and it will not allow you to get on a basketball court. It will not allow you to get in a football field, and it won't let you get into the gym. So, with that said, I think Kofi Kingston is the winner of this whole ridiculous Monday Night Raw SmackDown situation because he at least gets to stand alone as a consistent champion who is now developing himself as a credible. WWE champion. This is a great run for him. Um, you know, it's terrible that you've had naysayers like superstar Billy Graham and Jim Ross who have all tried to tell Kofi what he yeah. needs to do as champion. I say this, superstar Billy Graham, you should be thankful that you're even alive after all the craziness you did. And Jim Ross, don't you have a three-year deal with AEW to concern yourself with? Why are you talking about the WWE champion? Let Kofi live. And Kofi is proving, hey, listen, he beat uh, Daniel Bryan. He won this triple threat match back to back. Quite frankly, that's the most WWE title defenses we've seen in a long time. Certainly way more than what we Ooh. saw with the Universal Champion. Way more than what we saw with Jinder Mahal's championship reign. When, shoot, Jinder Mahal and... And uh, all these other folks, shoot, AJ Styles only had a handful of WWE title defenses on television, and yet we've gotten two back-to-back -back with Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston is the man, and I think we're in for a nice, significant championship reign with him where he gets to cement himself as the solo star that he's always been. So that, to me, has been the highlight. And then Daniel Bryan and Rowan now becoming tag champs. I... I, I don't know what to think about that because, for one, they were never a real tag team. Secondly, for their only competition, you had to bring over the Usos back from Raw. I just think this is just, this is bad. This is bad. And I just need to remind people that just because WWE is bad doesn't mean that pro wrestling is bad. It just means WWE is bad. It's that simple. So... I don't know. Now, what I will say is this. For as bad as Raw and SmackDown are, NXT is killing. As we saw the, the premiere of uh, former six-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Kushida, who made his official debut on NXT this past week. We know Shane Strickland, formerly of uh, Lucha Underground, is officially in NXT. As there are so many others, I'm going to ask a very necessary question. With all of the talent that's currently in NXT right now, all these indie guys that have been signed, does NXT need to move to two hours? 
Uh, or do they no. need an additional hour of programming somewhere? Uh, God, it that scares me. It, it just scares me because they got a good thing going, and they have to maximize their one hour. Uh, whenever you start giving uh, a WWE entity more than what it already has, uh, it gets scary. Now, if Triple H is running it, he can give us two hours because they do it at the takeovers. But then again, then what's what makes it different than the takeovers? And the problem that we're running into is that pay-per-views and Monday and Tuesdays look alike. So I'm going to say no, uh, but I'm definitely going to say that there are some people that are in the NXT roster that would do great on the main roster if they'd allow the NXT people to, to do their thing. Clack, what are your thoughts? Because I, I had something I was going to say to that, but I'm going to give you a shot to say something. Yeah, I, I think that we are in a season in professional wrestling where less is more. Yeah. And I don't I don't think anybody, uh, especially for this new target audience that they're catering to, their attention span is very low. And they need more glitz, more birthday cake, more pancakes thrown, all that kind of stuff. So, no, I, I would not suggest Yeah additional time well i have a thought um firstly you know the nxt audience period is far different than the wwe mainstream audience that's why the products are different it caters to a different audience with that said the the reason that smackdown was created was to give additional wrestlers the opportunity to have television time and when uh raw and smackdown certainly were both sitting at two hours uh, they were really able to do that. I personally think that perhaps an additional NXT show is needed. If we want to keep them to an hour, as you have NXT UK one hour, you have NXT an hour, perhaps an additional NXT show that would give the opportunity for these other folks to be showcased would make a lot of sense. So instead of making it a two-hour show, give us two one-hour shows so that we still get what we are accustomed to. But I'm thinking... There are a number of guys that are in NXT that we don't get to see much. We don't, you know, I, I don't know if Keith Lee is currently injured, but we haven't seen him in a while. Uh, you've got a Matt Riddle. You've got Dom, Dominic Dijakovic. You've got people that are potentially coming back from WWE into NXT again, like Tyler Breeze, several others. I think another show would give them the opportunity to have all of this talent showcased and then we still keep the takeovers once every couple of months and then it is kind of a mixture of both of those shows uh, because obviously everybody's not going to get on takeover but I think what I'm concerned about is for people getting signed to WWE or NXT and you have this huge array of talent because think about this NXT originally was developmental we know it's not anymore but where do the people go who are going to the performance center like a Kushida didn't really need much time in the performance center. Obviously, he was announced in, uh, you know, at WrestleMania weekend and he's already on television. Same type of thing for Shane Strickland and some of these other guys who have uh, really proven themselves in the indie world. But what do you do for new talents, which is what the per per performance center was originally designed for to create new stars? Um, I don't know. So I'm not saying that NXT's in trouble by no means. I'm just saying that they should get in front of what to do with a 
burgeoning NXT promotion, um, considering yeah. that there aren't a lot of outlets. I mean, you could send them to NXT UK, but you're trying to build and establish that specific brand. So that's us. Well, man, well, one of the things I think they, they messed up on is that in, in all facts, Undisputed Era should have showed up on the Monday after all, after should WrestleMania. Should have. Should have. And they dropped the ball so bad on that. Mm-hmm. And to be very honest, if that happened right now, we'd still be talking about uh, Undisputed Era and their beatdown last night of somebody. Uh, I think about the fact that Amaro Ronaldo uh, and a Nigel McGuinness, I, from my uh, perspective, don't want to work Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. So they have some real issues. Percy Watson, Shayna Baszler, uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa should be preparing for his main his main event debut. You know what I'm well, saying? Velveteen Dream. Tommaso Ciampa's injured. That's that's why. Yeah, but no, no. There, but, but, but what I'm saying, he should be coming back to the main roster is what I'm saying. I agree. Is that they're, they're really dropping the ball. But none of these guys are itching to go up because they're saying, what am I going up to? Right. right. Here's what we didn't talk about. Did you, did you guys see the picture floating around last night? That for SmackDown, the the hard camera was all canvas. Did y'all see that picture? I saw that. I didn't know if I believed that picture or not. Okay, so let me tell you what I did. Is I went to Instagram, went to places, went to the KFC Yum Arena, went to the pictures that people post from there, and there are multiple people posting. And they weren't posting to try to sun it. There are people taking selfies, and in the background, you see a wrestling match, and you see four areas covered in black canvas. Wow. Guys? Well, I'll tell you this. I don't know if it's because it's days after Kentucky Derby. All I know, hard times. I I will say this. It's been a hard situation for WWE to fill up an arena, period. Um, And so it's all very, very interesting. How many people does your church see? Vince may need it. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but you will not disrespect Vince McMahon. Let's let's not forget during the nineties, Vince McMahon, they did Monday Night Raw at the Liberty High School. I'm just trying to tell you. They're gonna start pulling the water cooler water coolers out again. No just, water for anybody. I'm just saying. So all right, guys. Yeah, what a show. It's been a lot of fun. It's been entertaining. It's been all sorts of things. And uh, certainly we love hearing from you guys. We want to hear from you via social media. Here's how you can reach out to us. Brandon Clack. Brandon J. Clack on all social media platforms. Hit me up. Courtney. Hey, at C Major Beard on Instagram, Twitter, Courtney Beard on Facebook. Let's talk about it. And, of course, you can reach me at Bonnerfied. And then, of course, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Make sure you're following us. We have all sorts of great news and ideas and concepts that we're sharing with you there. And do me a favor. Share what we're doing with your friends and loved ones. I got to shout out my man, Delger Kelvington. Uh, we call him D.C., who let me know that he and his son sit down and listen to the faction after his son gets out of school, which I think is the coolest thing. And it's a great moment when the kids say they watch Monday Night Raw and they go, I wonder what the faction's going to say about this this week. So I have to shout you out, DC, and your super cool son. Thanks for tuning in. And for everybody who's tuning in, we absolutely appreciate what you're doing to help grow what we're doing here. It's super, super exciting. So until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are The Faction. 